I've lived in Stockton Heath or around it anyway for pretty much most of my life. However, it occurred to me the other day I know virtually nothing about its history. Like you, I'm sure, I've always been too busy to find out where Stockton Heath came from. And whilst I was considering this, I recently tweeted asking what residents regarded as the most prominent landmark in Stockton Heath. Now apart from replies that made me laugh, such as traffic, or Range Rovers parked for hours on double yellow lines outside the wine bar, or even the most prominent landmark being the queue outside the doctors trying to get an appointment, apart from all those suggestions, most people responded with either the Swing Bridge or the 147-year-old St Thomas's Anglican Church that stands dominantly at the entrance to the village at the crossroads of London Road, Ellesmere Road and Fairfield Road. I'm not sure of the derivation of Ellesmere Road, I'll try and find out for another podcast. But Fairfield Road was named that after the travelling fair that annually located on what used to be the fields adjacent to Alexandra Park, prior to the Stockton Heath Walking Day Fair relocating to Walton. So, with St Thomas's just about being declared the most prominent landmark in Stockton Heath, I thought I'd find out more about its past and its future. To be honest, after living in this area for most of my life, I thought I knew about St Thomas's. But, the more I thought about it, I realised I know virtually nothing about it. That's probably because I'm not a religious person. Nevertheless, I was determined to find out more about St Thomas's and how it came into existence. And, as is often the case, I was fortuitously asked if I'd like to talk to the church about its future in terms of paying for some new bells, real bells, to replace the recorded ones used at present. And I agreed, of course, so I could learn more about its past, present and future. So, a meeting was set up. Unlike me, I was earlier than expected, so I sheltered from the rain in Esquires in the Forge and had a coffee. I've got my latte and I'm waiting here in Esquires on a July summer's day. That seems to have snuck in a naughty November rainy day. My meeting in St Thomas's is in around 15 minutes, so I'll drink this coffee before heading over to St Thomas's that is at present under a sky greyer than an Earl's cup of tea. Okay, coffee done. I've walked over to the church and I'm now standing out of the rain inside the richly reverberant St Thomas's, waiting for the Reverend Mike Ridley to give me some background information about St Thomas's history. Later, I'm hoping to talk to Dr Sue Burke about the fundraising she's orchestrating to get new bells brought into service here. Whilst waiting, I'll tell you what I know about St Thomas's. It's not much, I'm afraid, but here we go. It was opened in 1868 and built by Edward Graham Paley, although, I hasten to add, not single-handedly, it was built on the same site as the former 1838 church, and its main benefactor was Sir Gilbert Greenhall. Where have I heard that name before? I'll have a beer later in the Saracen's Head, and I'll think about that. And really, that's about my knowledgeable limit on St Thomas's, so I'm going to leave it to the Reverend to provide me with some more detail. The original church was built in 1832 
um, and it was actually on the site of where the present church is and it was basically built as a church and a school. In about 1868 it became a parish of its own because it was sort of chapel of ease from Stretton um, so we weren't a separate parish. So we became a separate parish eventually. They built a school next door and they built this church. Simultaneously? Um, yeah, it must have been about the same time, I think, to be honest. Because I can't imagine that they knocked down the school and didn't build a church. But we don't know, but I, I presume that's the case. That school was knocked down in about 1970s and moved down to Alexander Road. So the present church, it's, it's always been built on a shoestring. And you'll see several things which are odd about this church, which other churches don't have. Namely, the inside is all brick. Normally, if you go into any of the churches around here, Darsbury, Stratton, St Wilfred's in, in Grappenhall, they're all stone inside. It's all basically face, but they ran some money, basically. Um, so all around the windows, it's stone. And actually, if you look outside the church, on the either side of each of the windows, there's a sort of block where they were going to make put faces, but they never had enough money to do it. In addition to that, they didn't build the tower until 10 years after the actual church was built and they were going to build another aisle, uh, north aisle, which is why all the north side there are no stained glass windows because they didn't want to mess around with them. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's always been a relatively big parish in the sense that it grew and grew during the sort of 1900s and then of course eventually we ended up with the Cobbs Estate in the sort of 50s and 60s and that actually was in Stretton Parish and at that point this parish decided to have a vicar up there as it were they actually yeah, said that yeah. a vicar up in in the Cobbs Estate and they built um, St Mary Magdalene's in mm. uh, 1961 somewhere, somewhere like that. it was decided in 1959 when I was born so So, that's information about St Thomas's past. As interesting and important as that is, it's the future that's of concern too. So, to find out more about the appeal to raise funds to get new real bells instead of utilising a recording, I spoke to Sue Burke about plans to ensure this happens. We started by talking a little more about how St Thomas's came into existence and the existing bells. When I was about, I'm saying about 15 or 16, I lived about two or three streets away. And every morning I used to hear the bells. And on a Sunday morning I thought, who's up at six o'clock in the morning ringing bells? Surely they're not that keen. And I've since found out it was a recording. It is. I yeah. didn't know. I thought they're ever so good at yeah. six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, we've got, it's, it is a recording and it's not that good really, to be honest. It's not good. We're probably one of the few churches with a tower of the size we have in this area that hasn't got bells, proper bells. Yeah. We've got two bells. The old school used to be in this site, I think, and the church was built here in that site and the, the school was moved. And it was actually consecrated in 1868. The tower was built 10 years later and the church was never finished properly. Look at those windows. Yeah. Look at those windows. Right. It was intended that, you see how you've got one aisle there? You've got the central aisle and you've got what we call the south aisle. It was intended there was going to be a north aisle. So there was going to be another bit like that there and then they were going to put fancy windows over there. So they left those windows. So it was never actually ever finished as had been intended because I think the money ran out. 
that was it. There should have been another aisle and then we were going to have stained glass windows over there. A lot of the stained glass windows that you see are by Clayton and Bell. The east window depicts the Holy Week, so that's a beautiful window. We have got two bells. We've got the old school bell, and that is the bell that chimes the hour. And that is the only bell that you hear in the village that is actually a bell. All the other bells that you hear are actually recordings. So when you say that's the old school bell, from did the it old come school, from the school? Yes, that was on this site before the church was built. And relocated right. Yeah. And it's quite a small bell that, and that right. bell is going to stay and continue to chime the hour. We've also got something, a Crossfield bell, which is a very large bell, and it was given to us by Joseph Crossfield. And we have done extensive research, I've put things in the newspapers to try and find somebody, a descendant of them, because that bell will not be needed, and that bell has never really been rung. So we're going to sell that bell to help to fund this bell, but we will put a plaque up commemorating that. I wouldn't have a clue how much you could sell a church bell for. Well, the scrap value is about £7,000. So, But we're hoping, actually, that the bell... We've, I've had some enquiries from another church, and we're hoping that, actually, we will they will buy that bell and they will use it and it won't be scrapped. And I think that would be so much nicer. That's that's what we're trying to do. We're, we're, and, obviously, it would be beneficial for them because it would be a lot cheaper because to buy a bell of that size, new, you're looking at twenty to £30,000. So the bells that we've been given... Um, I should get into bell making. <laughs> <laughs> the bells that we've been given come from a church that has sadly closed in St John's in Bollington, which is in Macclesfield, which is still part of this diocese. And when it closed, the Guild of Bell Ringers were looking around for a church that actually had big enough space to hang the bells all in one level. And we were one of the very few churches in the diocese that actually has a big tower but hasn't got any bells. So we said that we would have the bells and they're in storage at the moment and we knew it would be a big project. Something like six or so years ago, seven years ago maybe, we had what we call our quinquennial inspection and that's an architect's inspection of the whole building. It's a bit like a big survey and four phases of work. Is that a legal found. requirement? Or yeah, it? well it's not a legal requirement, it's a Church of England requirement. Every five years you have this quinquennial inspection. And our architect found, first of all, we've had the central gully of the roof replaced because it had dry rot. Then we've had the outer slopes replaced. We've had the roof over the uh, choir vestry and the vicar's vestry replaced. And we've had the south porch, all the stonework on the south porch is now being uh, restored and that's really beautiful. And we had a sloping flooring put in so that we've got complete disabled access. So the next phase then is the tower. So what we wanted to do was combine the installation of the bells with the renovation of the tower because if you look at the display that we've got at the door and you look at the masonry, there's lots of the masonry is in really quite poor shape. And if we start ringing bells, they make the tower sway. So if the tower sways, that's intentional. They do bells ringing, make the tower sway. If the tower sways, then more bits, true, more bits of masonry will fall off. So we had to do our big project first, and we were hugely grateful to Heritage Lottery Fund. And in fact, English Heritage have given us money for each of the two previous phases, and Heritage Lottery Fund are giving us money for this phase to do the masonry work. We're also going to have a new kitchen, and new toilets, well, and disabled. Important. 
disabled facilities which are fantastic because our toilets are very outdated and very old-fashioned and our kitchen is so that is in the base of the tower and so that will all be done at the same time so that will be really good for the community it's going to take about five months and we're still which is less time than I thought you were going to say I thought you were going to say oh around a year or so no no, it will. when we've had each phase done, it's taken about five to six months. And it's always, the contractors have been excellent and they've really worked with us because, of course, we're still a church and we're still open and we still have weddings and we still have things going on. And we've had, to, in the past, we've had lots of dust in the place. We used to have to dust before every service. Every church has to pay what, what is called a parish share. And we have to pay something like £70,000 a year to the Church of England to pay for our vicar and training and pensions and everything like that. And we have to find that first and that's before we run our church. That's before we heat it, we light it, we do anything else. It's mainly staffed by volunteers and of course St Thomas's is open every day from 10 till 12 for open church for people to come in to light a candle, to have a cup of coffee to sit in the quiet area, to look at the books, to read, to look at the church. We're also a satellite distribution centre for Warrington Food Bank, so we have Food Bank here, and the Time Bank is, is here, Credit Union are here. A lot of churches are closed, you know, Sunday night to, to Sunday morning, aren't they, through the week. Our church is open, we want our church to be very much part of the community, and we hope that the bells, when they're in, and there are already people being taught to ring up at St Matthew's. You know, it's already started. It's going to be quite a long time before we can ring our bells because we will have to wait about six months after the work is done for all the mortar and everything to set before we can start because of it swaying, yeah. because we don't want it to be undone. You've astonished me about that, about the, the tower swaying. I never would have thought. Not visibly, surely. Well, I, I suspect not visibly, no, but it does move. There does is move. some movement. Um, yeah. I mean, I suppose that's the law of physics, but I just, I'm going to be driving past now. Watching. And I'm just thinking, <laughs> is it moving? <laughs> and we've been very lucky. The, the Guild, the Diocesan Guild of Bell Ringers have been very supportive to us. They're training our bell ringers. They've given us a £10,000 grant. They've promised us a loan if we don't manage to raise all our money so that we can do it. We can finish the job and repay them later, and that will be interest-free. What I liked about Sue's fundraising efforts is what's going to be given back in return, as it were. There will be many events that show Stockton E through the ages, not just from a religious aspect. So if you're interested in local history, I think it would be worth calling into St Thomas's and having a look at their ideas. Here's Sue again explaining. And if anybody, any of your listeners has any old memorabilia or would like to be involved in this, we'd really, really like them to be and they can contact me. But basically what we're going to do is we're going to run a timeline around the church. We're going to start in 1868 when our church was consecrated. We're going to do decades and we're going to go right the way around the church to present day. We're going to have things like inventions and tie that in with how the church was lit before electricity, how the church was heated, what the, the history of bell ringing, the first woman bell ringer, and we're tying it in with things like the World War or the coronation of Elizabeth, and that tells you what was going on in different parts of the world at the time of Jesus and various other times. We're going to in here, well, this is a memorial chapel to the fallen of the Second World War, and in here we're going to have an old schoolroom we're going to have a display of, of World War memorabilia 
just outside there we're going to have a little sitting room that's like a sort of 1930s sitting room at the back have weddings and christenings near the font and anybody who was married in St Thomas's Church at any time and has a photograph and would like their photograph to be displayed we'd be really keen to have those that's a great idea we're involving the schools well you say it's my idea <laughs> <laughs> we're involving the schools and, and anybody else in the local community anybody who has a history will, will involve the historical society anybody who has anything and has an interest or a passion for inventions or history one of our congregation quite likes music and poetry and she's going to do music and poetry mm. through the ages and include hymns and when they were written and put those in the various decades so it should be really exciting and on the Wednesday which I think is the 30th we're going to have a cheese and wine evening so I think it starts Monday the 28th and it goes through for a week we'll be open longer than our normal opening hours during the cheese and wine evening we're going to get the Guild of Bell Ringers to come and talk about the history of bell ringing we're going to get the contractors and the architects to talk about the work they're doing and the technical stuff and give a little bit of a talk on that I expected to be in St Thomas's for about five minutes discussing their appeal for funds to ensure real bells are brought in. But as you heard, I became fascinated with the church's history and their plans to move forward too. To conclude this podcast, I thought I would do some further digging around the village's history. I say village because that's what it has become, but originally Stockton Heath was a simple hamlet. You will probably know that Wilderspool to the north of Stockton Heath was established in Roman times. And in fact it suggested the now tiny area of Wilderspool was Warrington's ancestor. And in those now forgotten times, Stockton Heath was exactly that. An open, barren heath divided by two roads. Historians know that a small number of cottages were built at what is now the junction of Walton Road and London Road. Additionally, a few other dwellings were scattered across the heath. I'm going to look into Stockton Heath's history in more detail in a later podcast, so if you've got any information that you can share about it, get in touch so that we can talk. Right then, I'm going to finish up here now. Ordinarily, I'd run a couple of adverts in this podcast to help pay for our costs. You'll have noticed, though, that I've not run any in this podcast. I felt it better for local businesses to consider donating a little to the St Thomas's Church Bell Fund. If you can, contact the church, and I'm sure they'll be grateful to you. So, I'm going to go now. I'll talk to you again. <laughs>